Hello guys, welcome to our show, good people, welcome! By the way, I don't want to discriminate bad people, welcome to our show as well! Anyone who wanna learn more about programmatic advertising, welcome! You can learn today different methods, different approach how to get results and I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Mark Bourier, how are you? Very good, thank you, how are you? I'm doing great, looking forward to learn more about that and let me share my story, interesting that I started my marketing digital marketing journey 12 years ago and at that time i didn't consider buying persona i didn't consider customer journey or i set up all marketing campaigns on google ads facebook myself because i paid for click five ten cents today it cost like five ten dollars <laughs> hundred times more and I can't ignore this matrix. Mark, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you pay attention to this important topic, programmatic advertising. Okay, so uh, I, uh, I've been in working in digital advertising or uh, digital marketing a very long time. <laughs> uh, I started in 1997. Uh, Ooh, yes. Before digital. Early, yeah. early days of building websites, but also at the time, uh it was uh a lot of uh, seo like how how to take advantage of opportunities with uh alta vista the early search engines from a long long time ago alta vista yahoo then google came along and so on. but I, I you know a long journey there i i, I um, started a company called aquizio in 2003 aquizio was a software platform to control uh, budgets and bids and to automate a lot of the processes that uh, are required to be successful with Google ads. At the time it was called Google AdWords and uh, Microsoft advertising, MSN advertising, which then became Bing and Bing ads. And so, you know, I, 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 I've been involved in trying to make media like paid media work um, for 20 years now. Uh, mm -hmm. So starting with uh, paid search and then Facebook eventually and so on. Uh, that company, uh, there was a software company, software as a service. We sold it in 2017 to web.com. So uh, an American company that's focused on helping small and mid-sized companies with their digital marketing. They have a large number of uh, smaller clients and they were one of our customers. So anyway, we sold the business to them. Uh, I stayed for a couple of years. And then um, in 2019, uh, at the end of 2019, I <clears throat> left the company, took a little break and uh, started an e-commerce. Oh, sorry. My computer died. Okay. You're still there. Sorry mm -hmm. about that. Um, that yeah. I don't know why I did that. Um, yeah. I started an e-commerce business. Uh, and at the end of 2020, um, I had an opportunity to, uh, to start clever with, uh, one of my friends from the industry, Vincent Potier. And, um, and we, we, we did, we made a few phone calls, made sure that uh, we had some customers, we had some potential employees to join, uh, and really quickly we put the business together and, and got going. And so today clever programmatics, uh, it's a trading desk. Um, uh, of course, it's focused on programmatic advertising only. And uh, our customers are all uh, mid-size agencies in the U.S. So they're, uh, mm -hmm. say, less than 500 people. Uh, some are smaller, like 10, 12 people also. 
what they have in common is uh, they have a, a, an opportunity with some, some of their clients to, to get into programmatic advertising, which is higher up the funnel than the search work they're usually doing. And uh, they need a partner to do the work. So that's, mm-hmm. that's where we come in. We help them find success for their advertisers with programmatic. Nice. Nice. I love, I love it. A good experience. Uh, and I don't know if we have the Alta Vista or not. Yahoo, we, we have still have <laughs> i don't know what will be because it's hard to compete with google but bing yeah uh, we'll see how bing can do it you know with uh, this uh, chat gpt uh, yeah mark uh, i want to start from the basic question because uh, uh, some listeners don't know about programmatic advertising can mm. you explain what kind of biz is this and uh any uh, checklist uh, points to understand how to use it? <laughs> well, first, what is it, right? So what is it? It's yeah. um, uh, almost all advertising has become programmatic over the years. You know, it started with, of course, search advertising, we know. But um, in the late 2010s, like 2010, 11, 12, you had display advertising become uh, programmatic. So you're able to buy ad impressions one at a time using, you know, data like audiences and, and, um, of course, remarketing <clears throat> then uh, video. And, uh, I'm not necessarily sure if that's the exact order in which they came, but there's, you know, display first online video and it expanded, you know, it got into audio advertising. So radio, you know, like digital radio and, um, so Spotify, for example, is a good example of that. And excuse me, and um, a digital out of home. So now we're talking about billboards uh, and um, uh, like television ads in the um, gas stations and so on. Where my computer keeps going. Hope I hope uh, yeah, I was was I there the whole time. I have to ask yeah. yeah, yeah, I can hear. We, we have some technical problems right now. It's okay. Yeah, yeah I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so, yeah, that's, that was one area. And then, um, um, then you have connected TV, which is uh, one of the most important developments. Uh, connected TV means uh, t- television advertising, but that's purchased, again, uh, one impression at a time based on uh, audience data uh, uh, that, that we're able to procure. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, and, this... and it's expanding into other fields as well. It's, um, you know, uh, for example, in-game advertising, you know, the metaverse, uh, similar concepts. So the, this is a small but really fast-growing area of uh, programmatic advertising that I think people need to pay attention to. Ah, and know, then, we, and this, we, so that's what it is. We, you know, that's, to, so, we still have the technical errors because you know, I, I can hear you, but uh, only oh, part no. of your speeches. So yeah, uh, sometimes you can hear, sometimes not. But uh, l- let's try one more time. You know about uh, <laughs> about uh, programmatic advertising because uh, I think yeah, right now it's okay. Yeah, I, I see uh, everything is back. So. Yeah, yeah, it's better. So yeah, I think yeah, I let's one more time. I, I'll cut uh, in my podcast. <laughs> okay. So, so what is it? What is programmatic advertising? It's um, you know buying 
ad impressions, you used to buy them in bulk, right? You used to go, okay, I'm going to make a deal with this website or this ad network and I'll give them, I don't know, $10,000. And I don't know really what I'm buying until the deal is over. Then I get my report and I'm disappointed. <laughs> and now, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, I think people, some people know that you're able to buy impressions under complete control. You control how much money you want to deliver at what pace, um, uh, what conditions to buy it, like what website, what audience segment, is it like custom audiences, people I, that have been to my site, for example, that previous customers, uh, there's a number of ways to target people now that were, that never existed before. And so it's, it started with display advertising. It evolved into also video advertising, online video. Uh, you have uh, digital out of home. So the billboards and the TV stations, uh, not TV stations, excuse me, but TV monitors and gas stations and convenience stores and doctor's offices and elevators and all connected displays. And then uh, uh, audio, you know, uh, Spotify advertising, for example, is, uh, but there's podcast advertising even mm-hmm. is programmatic. So everything's programmatic now, like uh, except for newspaper, I would say. Everything's <laughs> programmatic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, got it. Can you tell how to create the right strategy? Because, you know, yeah. I see when companies have limited resources, but they try to cover a lot, you know, I mean, like Google Ads, SEO, social media marketing. For me, it's better with limited resources to pay attention to priorities, to choose one channel, two channels, but not all marketing channels. Yeah. Uh, so can you tell how to create? the right strategy uh, for uh, programmatic advertising. Yeah. So, of course, it depends. So, you know, like if you're, uh, let's say you're a a local business, for example, like you sell to customers around you physically, like um, maybe a restaurant. Uh, Let's say you wanted to take advantage of opportunities with programmatic and you have a small budget. Then you need to focus at the bottom of the funnel because uh, the programmatic shines where it's really different. is in the ability to to get into the hearts and minds of people uh, to create a, a brand, you know, to create awareness and reach a lot of people. That's what you can do and to scale your business, you know. So once you're at a point where you're ready to scale, you know, you can't avoid, uh, I believe, uh, programmatic advertising. But if you're smaller... And, uh, you know, I would say, you know, start with Google ads or Facebook, depending on the type of service you have. And if you find that it, you, you want even more, but you don't have a, a much larger budget, you can use similar tactics that you're using inside of Facebook. For example, a lot of people use retargeting tactics inside of uh, Facebook beyond just the reach. You can use that same strategy, but to reach people on other websites outside of Facebook. And that are not necessarily mm-hmm. in the Google Display Network, so that's mm-hmm. that's one area where it's relatively easy uh, to do. Uh, and there are, uh, for a very small budget, there are platforms like AdRoll and others that allow you to 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 do that. To just do something real, real simple, just to apply a very small budget to only target people around your business, like a geo target, uh, a very close proximity to your uh, business. And then you can do things like, if you want to spend a little more time, you know, you can do things like um, retarget people who have been to your store. For example, if somebody's been to your store, you may want to continue to be present in their life, you know, so you can follow them on the internet, 
on YouTube, on connected TV, on like depending on your ambition to create, because you have to have the creatives for that. You know, you can't just do connected TV without having some mm -hmm. good video ads to go. You need some content. Yeah. But yeah, so for a small budget, I, usually you would stick to the bottom of the funnel. So retargeting strategies, small budgets, small audiences, that's the way to go. If you're, if you're ready to start scaling, um, you can work on prospecting. So that means targeting people that look like they might be a good fit. Um, but um, Sorry, my screen keeps going up. So it means targeting people that look like they might be a good fit, but uh, not because they've been to your site, not because you know them, but because they're close to your location, for example. Uh, and maybe because you have data that suggests that they like to go to quick service restaurants, to go to fast food restaurants, for example. So, so that's maybe a second stage where you can create local awareness to, to have a small audience, but play like the big boys, you know, to have like a high frequency strategy to show your ad more frequently to a lot of people that are, but they're the, they're in the vicinity of your store or of your restaurant. So that would be like a, a sort of a, a little bit, uh, it's a way to start attracting new people to your store without mm -hmm. spending a fortune. And then of course, you know, there's the, uh, if you're an online business, local doesn't matter anymore, right? It's not, you don't necessarily want people around you. I can, I, I'd be just as happy to get customers in, in Europe or in uh, Australia, or it doesn't matter, you know, if the client. So in that situation, you still need to pick <laughs> how you're going to reach mm -hmm. these people. And there are lots of different vendors. So when you use um, a platform, like it's called a demand side platform, a DSP, when you use almost any of them, you also gain access to third-party data to help find specific audience segments. You can also use um, contextual advertising. So understanding what websites they're on. For example, you may say, I'm going to run ads on sports websites, for example. And I only want to be uh, seen uh, you know, seven times over a period of three days. Uh, and then after that, I'm going to start bidding lower. So you can apply really um, smart strategies to uh, attract audiences worldwide, but still keep control over your budget and um, still see some interesting results. But you know, to mm -hmm. be clear, like programmatic really shines when, when you go to the next stage and when you're trying to reach scale and because there's infinite supply, there's so much. So, uh, and then there are so many ways to target the right people that uh, you you know, but you need a proper budget, but you can run across all of these things and you can run across, start with maybe a TV, connected TV campaign with billboards in local areas where you are present. You can run audio, you can run all of these things all at once. And there's ways to sort of um, use, for example, with a, a DSP like the Trade Desk, you're able to connect the dots across many of these different uh, channels and follow your audience across the board in, in yeah. a really smart way. Mm -hmm. I got it. Okay. Uh, you mentioned about right people, the right people. Can you tell how to find this right people, how to collect data before starting? Uh, yeah. 
any marketing campaigns because you know as i mentioned that you know uh, when i paid five ten cents per click i didn't consider a lot of data because that was cheap today uh, it's impossible without finding the right people before marketing so any tips how to do it yeah um i think the um so first, yeah, you start with nothing. Let's say you don't, you don't even have CRM data. Let's say you have CRM data first. Let's get that out of the way. You have uh, email lists. Uh, these are the first thing you want to use. Like if you have that information and these are, you know that these are good prospects for you. Uh, we use technology. We, I mean, not just clever. Like programmatic marketers will use technology like LiveRamp and other uh, vendors like that to map these email addresses to people that are on the internet to be able to identify them. And so then we can target those people specifically. And depending on, you know, the quality of your list and so on, we can usually get pretty good uh, match rates. The match rate is, am I able to find these emails like with certainty? And usually we can do pretty well. And then, so you, then you can start with that, you know, because you, you already have them. In parallel to that, you want to um, drop a pixel on your website uh, usually it's one pixel for the whole site, and then you can apply rules to to create audiences. So if, let's say you're an e-commerce company. Not all visitors to your site are equal. You know, some people land on your blog. They're not the same as people who have abandoned their checkout, obviously. So you can create audiences based on where they are in their purchase decision. And you can apply strategies and bigger bids. You know, you're, you're able to pay a lot more probably for someone who abandoned checkout than for someone who visited the blog, for example. It's, it's, they're not at all worth the same thing, but you yeah. can create strategies for all of these things pretty quickly. If you have like, uh, I would say like uh, five to 10,000 visitors per month, you can pretty quickly build an audience to get going. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you know, once you just have your, your site visitors and so on, you can start, addressing them, running campaigns for that. And uh, you'll create people, repeat visits. People will start coming back again and again. So that that's a really good way to start and to, to create your own. It's not, you know, you don't own the data per se, but uh, sort of. That's why it's called first party data. You you, you have the ability to, to, to decide uh, which of these uh, audiences you're going to use and how you're going to use them. And they're they're, they're only your audience because they visited your site before they took some kind of action with your, uh, within your site. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Okay. Let's talk about, uh, testing and experiment, you know, because, um, uh, you can collect data, get the right data about your target audience, but then we need to test, you know, how it works. So can you tell your methods how to test and change? approaches or probably even directions, you know, to uh, set up uh, programmatic advertising. Yeah. So testing with this is a little bit like um, testing anywhere else, but there are differences. In this case, not every um, campaign has the same objective. Like sometimes the objective is just brand awareness. So then what you're trying to find out is did people who saw your ad do they recognize you more? Uh, do they remember your name uh, versus people who did not? You know, is there a difference? So there are, 
you know, different ways to do that. Uh, usually it costs money <laughs> yeah. uh, because there's vendors that, that will do that for you. And it's, you know, you'll see it often in YouTube uh, where, you know, before you see a video, you'll see a little questionnaire and say, hey, do you remember any of these brands? And they usually say any of these uh, restaurants, for example, and then they show you some unusual names. And, uh, you know, if you, some people answer that and it gives an, a little bit of insight to the, uh, to the advertiser to, to learn whether or not the campaign they ran um, was able to shift people's perception or awareness in this case of their business. Mm -hmm. so that, that's one way to do it uh, at a higher level. Then, you know, if you're trying to drive traffic to your site, it's basic A-B tests, usually you, not multivariate, probably just pick two uh, flavors of the same creative and see which one wins. And then you, uh, you know, you apply statistical tests and you, or you don't, you know, you can use your judgment also. That's after you've seen a, a thousand clicks, it's probably mm -hmm. enough. <laughs> and then you mm -hmm. can decide that one, one is generating more clicks than the other. And ultimately it depends on the goal, you know, like if the goal is conversions, then it's going to be which strategy It's probably not just a creative, but which strategy seems to be uh, drawing in the most conversions and you double down, mm -hmm. but yeah. there's not one simple answer. There's many solutions. <clears throat> there's a lot of homemade, uh, homemade solutions where people just do it on a spreadsheet or even they just write down the numbers and <laughs> they make a decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Uh, okay. Uh, let's talk about, uh, creative content. We discuss how to learn customers, how to, uh, to lead them to our website, but uh, I see when websites create uh, or try to sell a lot of products from a landing page, from a simple page, you know, and uh, it might confuse customers. For example, if I app, uh, open apple.com, no, I can see only iPhone. Nothing else. No, just iPhone. I can find uh, MacBook, AirPod, uh, uh, Apple Watch. Uh, of course, I can. But uh, in the first visible screen, I'll, I only see iPhone. That's it. Because iPhone is responsible for 50% of all uh, Apple sales. Uh, but I see when websites add a lot more items in the first visible screen or uh, try to sell a lot of products. Yeah. But customers hate it, you know, it can confuse what to do. Can you tell about simplicity uh, in your landing page content? Because, um, yeah. you know, if we need to simplify experience, how to do it? Yeah, <clears throat> there's there's a couple main approaches there. One of them is uh, it's applicable specifically in programmatic. It's called mm -hmm. uh, using um, DCO, so dynamic creative optimization. And the idea is to, uh, it's retargeting. It's a retargeting approach. Uh, it's pretty famous. You went to the site, you saw a specific pair of shoes or a specific model of iPhone. All of a sudden that web, that specific model is following you everywhere on the internet. So that's mm -hmm. specific to programmatic. I mean, I know you can do it also in, in GDN and Facebook ads and so on, but it's, it, it emerged in, in programmatic with companies like Criteo a long, mm -hmm. long time ago. Yeah. So that, that's mm -hmm. one way to do it where, you know, if you can't decide, users told you their intent when they visited the site, they visited a product. So you can keep that information and then retarget that exact product to them in many different mm -hmm. ways. 
to try to get them back and to get them to complete a transaction. Mm-hmm. So that, that's one you know, way. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. For example, when I analyze apple.com and amazon.com, I see two different approaches because probably Apple knows that their audience uh, don't need a lot of features, a lot of explanations about products. Amazon usually, I mean, like uh, shoppers on Amazon usually uh, add a lot of data. Features, uh, descriptions, high-quality pictures, reviews, a lot of data. Uh, uh, Can you tell how to find the balance between simplicity on apple.com and Amazon? Uh, Because, you know, if I open on Amazon any item, I don't need a blog post about this item. I don't need any other information. I get everything from one place. But if it works for Amazon, it doesn't mean that it works for everyone. So probably can you tell how to find the balance between simple as possible like on Apple and uh, share a lot of information uh, like on Amazon? Um, Yeah, well, I'll tell you, like when people go to Amazon, they're ready to buy. You don't go Mm -hmm. to Amazon to spend time, to to browse around for fun. You're going there because you want to spend money and uh, you probably know what you want or you're just shopping. So the, you know, they're a unique case. (laughs) I would say almost Apple is similar too, by the way. Why would you go to Apple? You're probably going to either buy or uh, research before you buy, but you're pretty down there, pretty down in the funnel. Uh, But in terms of, um, I think what you're getting to is the, sticking to one message from the creative to the landing page to the sh- checkout experience. Is, is that what you're, you're, you're saying? Like what's the benefit of doing that and how would you apply that in programmatic? Is that, is that the sort of the question? Yeah. 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 So that's, that's really important. So, so that, that's why you know, I was saying like DCO is one way to address that. It's, it's a lazy way to do it. The other way is more just plain old marketing, you know, like which products drive the best margins for you. You need to decide what you're going to promote. Um, and then the creative bit, you know, we talked about testing before, very important. Like, uh, if you're going to be focusing on one product, I bet you there's a million ways to, to try to attract people to buy that product. But, you know, f- how are you going to find out? You need to run some tests. Uh, you need to have small budgets. Um, it could be as small as a hundred dollars or, or less maybe. And just to try to determine first, like which ad is more engaging um because you pick your product now you know you're going to lead them to the specific product page um so you need to run these tests constantly and try to find always find the best performing ad for that product and um and then after that the work is cro work just once they're on your website uh you need need to to try to optimize the shopping experience Mm -hmm. i don't Mm -hmm. know if that answers your yeah no uh, you know, I think uh, we can uh, discuss about that for a long time. But, you know, yeah, uh, I want to ask you about AI. You know, it's hard to ignore this topic, um, impossible tomorrow. And uh, I had uh, a conversation with uh, Jeff Coyle, he's co-founder of Market News. And he told me, in the future, we'll have three companies. The first company will develop AI, the second company will implement AI, and the third company will be obsolete, <laughs> can leave the trade. <laughs> so uh, can you tell how to use AI uh, in 
programmatic advertising uh, yeah. and uh, your methods of uh, implementation AI today. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, today it's pretty simple. Today it's all uh, bidding systems. It's, it's using AI to determine what's the value of every ad impression and which one should we choose and you know which one to cut out, like what placements are bad. It's widely used. So, uh, you know, there's, uh, well, some of the, like the trade desk has their own, it's, it's quite good. COA is they have their own AI uh, bid control and budget control tool. And then there's third parties like Cybids who are very good as well. And, um, but they cost, you know, it costs money. It's for larger, larger advertisers. And, and that's, you know, AI, it's similar, similar to what the trade desk would bring, but you can apply that to, uh, uh, Google DB 360 as well. Not only the trade desk and the idea is to control your, uh, which, which ads are going to get the money and how much they're going to get. So that's just uh, par for the course today in programmatic like ai is part of everything that we do and not just us like uh, i suspect most most uh, uh, experts would, would use mm -hmm. uh, ai all the time because it's built into platforms then what like what can we do it's you know the past three four months i don't know it's been the major uh, point of inflection in in the history of ai with the uh, open ai's success with chat gpt Dali and all this stuff. Um, we're somewhere else now. So everybody's like racing to see how can we, or can we, it doesn't even make sense to apply this in programmatic. Like in our case, you know, we're thinking about using it for our operations. Like we, we have a lot of traders and so on. And how can we make their life easier when it's time to prepare proposals, for example? Um, it's a lot of research that goes into doing that. And we're wondering, can we automate some of it using technology like BARD or ChatGPT? So we're, we're playing with that. We've, there's no breakthrough yet. It's just, uh, you know, we're playing with it. Um, mm -hmm. There's applications with creative, of course. Uh, I don't think we're quite there yet, but I can imagine uh, a time when, you know, you can simply um, give a really clear description of what you're selling uh, where you want the traffic to go to, what your objectives are, and so on, and to uh, request uh, at least a display ad. I can't imagine that would be too hard. And then down the road, I, uh, video, I'm sure. I, I don't know. It's going so fast that I know there's already applications in video. So I think for creative, it's going to be a big deal. But I don't think my company is going to be – I don't think we're going to be a big player in these huge innovations because – it's a massive investment and you'd be competing with Facebook and Google. And uh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I'm mm -hmm. thinking of using, you know, off the shelf, uh, open AI type stuff, you know, with our data, you know, we have our own data. We also pay for analyst data and so on. So I'm, that's what we were looking at. How do we use technology, generative AI to create value for our shareholders and our customers, of course, it's kind of a, it goes together and not that the big, huge bet is probably in the creative, right? And um, we'll see, I'm sure it's coming. So that's why I don't want to, I don't want to start investing millions of dollars into mm -hmm. something where someone's putting $1 billion. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not, there's no point. Yeah. But yeah. I, th I think it's going to be huge to be, uh, to be honest. I think, uh, and I know Google's vision has been, 
somewhat to ideally uh, Google ads, right? Like ideally they would like to make it so easy for advertisers to just say, here's my budget, just drive more sales. Here's my mm -hmm. website, maybe, you know, and that's it. They, that's uh, the type of end goal that they have had for, for 15, 20 years. And we're mm -hmm. getting close. You know, if you, if, if you follow like how performance max arrived and before that, all the bidding strategies that use the AI there, there's a lot going on and the recommendations that they make. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not, it's not always good. It's uh, I know that, but, but it's, you know, you can see how it's being applied and you can bet for sure. You know, I think uh, probably Facebook before Google will start automatically creating the creatives for you yeah with a with ai yeah not just heuristics but yeah we'll see but you know today i think ai is not ready uh, to to become creative because most uh, marketers complain that it's generic so generic and if you that's why i said what i said before if you're like yeah i see that <laughs> i i see a, an image on the internet i know is generated by ai uh, yeah, <laughs> not, not a picture, uh, to be honest, maybe not a, but usually the things you see are very fantastic, very uh, yeah. over the top, you know, and you're like, okay, maybe it's because people are playing. I don't know. That's why we want to try things and see what can we do. But, you know, we're thinking more, you know, we have to produce client reports and QBRs and proposals and things like that. And it's a lot of time to do a good job, you know, and I, we're thinking, AI can do some of the research for us, mm -hmm. maybe start preparing some graphs and things like that. And then, you know, we can go over it and sort of clean it up and, and maybe put the human touch. I think, yeah, yeah honestly, I think humans uh, and AI go together. Like you can't, I, I, I'm not seeing a world where robots control mm -hmm. humans <laughs> anytime soon. I think it's I the opposite. Know. You know, we're, 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 we're in the driver's seat and it's yeah. up to us. It's up to us to decide how we use it and, the value we create. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. For me, it's hard to predict the future. Uh, I tried to predict yeah. uh, the stock prices, the crypto prices. <laughs> I failed in most cases. <laughs> and I got it no way. Uh, okay. I, I, I can live to the destiny just to be better today, you know. <laughs> and yeah, uh, but AI is developing uh, is evolution. So we need to consider AI doesn't matter if it's creative or not creative. Uh, you, we can use it today and yeah. uh, to provide a manual job to, to make creative if it's not. Uh, okay, Mark, uh, I have the question about common mistakes in uh, programmatic advertising. Uh, what kind of mistakes can you see that marketers still do and your oh, tips yeah. how to avoid them? Yeah, um, it's not search advertising and it's not Facebook advertising. So I think marketers have spent so many years uh, in these closed systems and they understand how they work well. They understand Google Analytics really well. But all of that stuff's predicated on bottom of funnel, like, you know, like uh, uh, advertising. People are searching for you and so on. So I could get this type of performance based on last click attribution in a search environment and high intent to buy, like all this stuff. It's, it's a completely different world, you know, in programmatic. I think the mistake is to, to stick to only that, you know, to be only, uh, interested in, uh, last click performance 
of your creative because a lot of what we do is TV and video and audio. There are no clicks. Even the display piece, it's a lot about getting in people's heads and then yeah. they come to the site after, you know, they, they do a direct search or I mean, the direct navigation, they search for you by brand um, or uh, they, um, uh, or they don't, <laughs> but mm. we're, that, that's what you need to, to, to keep in mind, you know, is that you're, you're trying to get in their heads. And then what happens when you're like a really well-established brand in your specific thing, let's say. CRM systems and your HubSpot, you know, they invested so much money in creating or Salesforce. Everybody knows Salesforce. So, you know, when you're, uh, you're starting your business and you have salespeople, probably one of the first things you're going to Salesforce, I need Salesforce or I need HubSpot because you've heard it 1 million times, <laughs> you know, yeah. exactly, you know, the names, they're immediately top of mind. Same thing, the same play that you think I'm thirsty. I want some, I want a cola. You're thinking Coca-Cola or Pepsi. It's almost for sure. Yeah. And it's the same for a hamburger. <laughs> You're hungry. Mm-hmm. I want something quick. Uh, McDonald's or a Burger King or whatever, you know, that because they've invested for, you know, maybe a hundred years, it's become mm-hmm. part of the culture. It's become part of people's minds. And uh, that's, and that's the play with programmatic. It's not a bottom mm-hmm. of funnel media, even though you can do that the big opportunity is not there at all. It's at the top. You need to mm-hmm. fill the funnel to, to drive demand. Nice. Yeah, got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, I have customers who don't understand SEO. So if I see it, I usually tell them, take the course. Now, uh, we created the course. Uh, it costs like $10, $20 on Udemy, not a lot. But uh, uh, I found if customers understand SEO, then we usually get high ranking positions, high results, because we uh, we can create uh, cohesive goals, uh, clear vision, what kind of traffic we need, uh, why we need to create high quality content. And uh, uh, I cooperate with many great experts like Lily Ray, uh, Mike Phillips, um, Chelsea Alves, uh, Jeff Coyle, who helped me to create this course. Uh, and uh, I give this course, uh, just tell, please learn, understand the basic, then we can go ahead. But if they don't, I don't know how to help them because uh, it's, it's hard, it's really hard. Uh, Mark, I have the question to you. For example, let's imagine you didn't start in 1997, you started today. You know, and you have the goal to set up uh, programmatic advertising to get sales results. What will you do today to learn more about that? To learn more about it? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. So there's, there's like, I can tell you how we go about it. We have yeah. our own <laughs> training course, but it's internal. It's not, you know, it's not something we sell or give, but mm-hmm. we, we created our own course. We have a lot of uh, really experienced traders here and it's for us. Onboarding newer people, onboarding new traders requires that. So we, we built our own program. But I can tell you that um, platforms like the Trade Desk, even Centro uh, Basis and others, you know, have also built their own content. And a lot of it is available for free. You know, they build it, they, they, they offer it as a thought leadership uh, piece just to position themselves there. So they'll, they'll educate you and then, you know, uh, the hope for them is that you become a customer. So there's those companies that provide that type of, uh, of training. 
is it good? Some of it is really good for sure. Um, uh, I, I think the, the best application though is to, yeah, follow the course and also, uh, roll up your sleeves and apply a small budget, try something, launch a campaign, a small campaign. It doesn't matter. You can spend with some platforms, you can spend a hundred bucks <laughs> if you mm-hmm. want, you know, just to, just to see what it's like, uh, what the reports look mm-hmm. like and so on. But I, I think, yeah, there's a lot of resources available. Uh, the big names at Google, Google obviously has a good program too. And I think there's one also on, uh, and I, I can't name it. Uh, I can name the, the I, I don't remember the name of the course, but some of our traders were taking a, a course on uh, Udemy, I think, on programmatic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's these uh, sort of platforms, training platforms that have courses about everything, about how to fix yeah. your pool and yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't have a specific program to recommend, but there's there's many out there. Yeah, I agree. It's better to read reviews to find what actually yeah. works. Because, for example, uh, I didn't learn from courses. I usually use YouTube, Google. <laughs> yeah, places. me too. By the way, yeah, that's the <laughs> I, first place I look. Yeah. Yeah, I created the course because I asked my audience their best way of learning, and plus fifty six percent. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. Like, yeah, most people replied courses are the best way to learn. So that's why we created this course. But it's not my loving way. I love reading books, you know, to learn human psychology, uh, listen audio podcasts, read blog posts. Yeah, it works for me better. Uh, Mark, and my final question about the future. You know, it's hard to predict the future. Uh, but anyway, what kind of future will be in your, uh, according to your experience, in your point, and how we can adapt today to this possible future? Yeah. Well, I think it goes with society and how we're, society is evolving. I think uh, there's a, I know it may sound funny, but the the metaverse or whatever form it's going to take, whether it's just through like today we see it through online gaming and through uh, devices like uh, virtual reality goggles and the meta quest mm-hmm. for example things like that I, that may i'm not saying that's the format but, but the idea of a, a second life if you remember <laughs> mm-hmm. there, there's something else you know there's there's and, and there are already opportunities there in programmatic we're already experimenting with that it's to run like we're able to run uh, oh, of course these are awareness at all branding, but we can run ads inside of games like, uh, uh, well, you know, I, I think you're familiar with Roblox probably, but th- th- that's one mm-hmm. area, one place It's a younger crowd, but also uh, console games uh, are coming. Both Microsoft and Sony have made big announcements at the end of last year, one after the other, that they're, they're going to be offering in-game advertising for their console games. So that means when you're playing uh, uh, soccer or football or whatever, any sport or race cars, or there's always, like in real life, in real life, you go to a sporting event, there's ads everywhere. So the same will be true and it'll be programmatic driven. Mm-hmm. So yeah, say that's nice. my tidbit about the future. <laughs> that yeah. I, I, I can't predict, but uh, it's already there and people are investing behind it. So I, it should be interesting. Yeah. You know, if I can predict the first thing, what I did, uh, I think 
I can buy lottery ticket, you know, <laughs> to earn a billion dollars. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you, you know, you don't need to predict something. Just suggest and That's yeah. That's what I think, yeah, could happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mark, it's a big pleasure to get in the show, to learn from you. Tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Right. So you'll find me on uh, LinkedIn. So uh, my name is uh, Mark Poirier, M-A-R-C-P-O-I-R-I-E-R. You can write me, Mark, at beclever.com, B-E-K-L-E-V-E-R.com. And on Twitter, at Mark Poirier, M-A-R-C-P-O-I-R-I-E-R. Okay, guys, you can find the links in the description below. Uh, listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Love it. So valuable. I'm going to listen again this episode to consume all these valuable points. Guys, I recommend to anyone to do it because you can see a lot of value. And follow Mark on Twitter and LinkedIn because you can become a much better marketer. Okay, guys, love you. See you.